Welcome to A Dog Called Diversity, a podcast from the Culture Ministry, where we explore the themes of diversity, equity and inclusion through sharing stories of personal and powerful lived experiences, including how people have found their feet and developed their career in diversity and inclusion. We are so glad you are listening in. And if you need some help or support with your diversity and inclusion work, go to www.thecultureministry.com for more information. For this very special 100th episode, Lisa Mulligan dives deep into the story behind her podcast, A Dog Called Diversity, by speaking on things like how it started and how it's all going, along with touching on episodes that have been most special to her, while also answering her most asked question on how she goes about finding her guests for the show. Podcasts like A Dog Called Diversity are more than just an entertaining listen. They are platforms that give a voice to those who may not always have the opportunity to be heard. And as Lisa's story shows, it takes an incredible amount of dedication, passion, and hard work to bring such a podcast to life. Here's your host, Lisa Mulligan. Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Mulligan, your podcast host for A Dog Called Diversity. Today is episode 100. I'm so excited that that I've hit 100 episodes. It wasn't a goal I had. It wasn't something I thought about attaining when I first started, but it's pretty special to be here. And so I wanted to record something a bit different and a bit special for number 100. So what I thought I would do is take you behind the scenes of A Dog Called Diversity. So talk a bit about why I started the podcast, how it's going, share some stats with you, but also my views on how it's going, Uh, talk a bit about how I find guests. That's my most asked questions, like, Lisa, how do you find people for the podcast? I thought I would talk about the process that I go through with guests from identifying them to come on the show through to having the episode out in the world. And share some of the episodes that have really stuck in my head. Um, I I love all my episodes. I love all the people I've spoken to. I feel like I now have 99 friends out there, uh, but there are some that just stuck in my head and I'll, I'll talk about those and why they do that. And I might even talk about, do I make money out of the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> so let's get started. I thought I would talk about why I started the podcast. And it's another question I get asked a lot. And I guess firstly, I've always loved podcasts. They're something I use to learn from. They're quite a solitary activity for me. So I often will take the dog for a walk and be listening to a podcast while I'm doing that. And here in Auckland, New Zealand, there's often lots of people out walking their dogs and they often want to talk to you. And I sometimes get a bit annoyed when they interrupt my podcast listening. Uh, So firstly, yeah, I love podcasts and for a while had in my head that I'd love to start one, but what would I do? What would be the topics? Like it, it took me a little while to come to talking about diversity and inclusion. And that really came from in late 2019, I accepted a global diversity and inclusion role. And I kind of, I kind of thought I knew everything. (laughs) 
not in an ego-driven way though, but I thought I had all the skills to be successful in that role. And, you know, I knew a lot about how to navigate organizations and how to influence leaders, uh, how to communicate. So I had, I had a lot of the right stuff already. But what I didn't have was understanding of different people in the world and their identities. And, you know, when they're a bit different in the world, how they might struggle. And, you know, I had a bit of understanding of gender and how gender shows up in the workplace. Had a little bit of understanding about disability because I have a son with vision impairment. And so I've needed to be that person that advocates for him as he grows up. But, you know, not much else around people's different experiences. So part of starting the podcast and wanting to talk to different people was about me learning as well and helping other people to learn through stories. So that was part of the reason. Um, The other part of the reason is I had in my head that I eventually wanted to leave the corporate world and start my own business and Uh, I just had a sense that a podcast would be a good way to uh, build my brand, get people to know me and know what, um, what's important to me. And, you know, it's certainly been fantastic for that purpose that a lot of people find me through the podcast or people recommend my podcast and then they find me. And it's been an incredible way to build trust, uh, to build community. Uh, all those good things you want to have when you're running a business. So that was kind of the why I started it. Um, but, you know, there's always a gap. Well, not always, but there was a gap for me between knowing I wanted to start a podcast, uh, knowing the topics I wanted to talk about and actually starting the podcast. And I, for quite a while, actually for months, I w- was getting hung up on the the technology. So what is the best tech to record on? How would I do that? Uh, what are the best pieces of equipment, microphones, things like that? Um, it took me a while to realize I needed a hosting platform. I hadn't really thought about where do I save the episode and and how do I get it into uh, the podcast players like Apple and Spotify. So took me a little while to work through that. And, you know, I just had to kind of have a big chat to myself about getting on with it. I was also worried about editing. I don't feel like I'm super techie. I didn't know how much time it would take me to edit an episode. What about music? Where do I find music? How do I get the music on the episode? Should I have a voiceover? Um, So there was so much stuff that kind of got in my way for a bit. Um, And all of that took me a little while uh, really to get through. So, you know, that thinking process was a lot through 2020 when many of us were in lockdown and I had some extra time to think and work through. Um, And then how did I name the podcast? So, you know, the podcast world is a very noisy populated kind of world. There's, you know, hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. So how do you, how do you cut through? How do you stand out? So the name A Dog Called Diversity uh, was something that I brainstormed on WhatsApp with a friend in Singapore, Charlotte Wilkinson, who is a bit of a marketing kind of guru. She's got uh, an incredible knack 
for thinking about what's going to resonate with people. And yeah, I landed with a name that I really liked that was a bit different. And then the podcast cover, I wanted something um, that also cut through and I spent um, some time scrolling through, I think it was the Apple podcast uh, app, looking at all the different colors and trying to work out, you know, which colors, but also which designs stood out. Um, and so I came up with a design with the dog, which is a little bit like the dog from uh, his master's voice that the brand used to be called. It's now um, H&M. Um, but, you know, it has the dog with the gramophone. And so I have the dog with the podcast mic. So that's kind of how it all came together. And a question I get, I get asked a lot. So uh first episode was re- released on uh, the 5th of January, 2021. Um, and that episode is called A Boy Called Ulysses. And it's um, a, a beautiful story uh, with a mother talking about her son who has um, dwarfism. I had to really think about that. Uh, the mum is Marie-Jane Carmajan, um, beautiful French woman that I met living in Singapore. She has four boys and her youngest has dwarfism. So that was episode one. And I'm so grateful she trusted me with that story. That episode is the most downloaded episode and it has 150 more downloads than the nearest next nearest downloaded episode so part of that is that it was number one so lots of people might go back and listen to the first one but it still uh, outperforms most of the other episodes so how is the podcast going how's it going so I've been lucky a couple of times My podcast has appeared in the Apple charts for business, which has been really exciting. Um, A couple of times in Singapore when I first launched and more recently in New Zealand, um, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, The thing with those charts though, no one tells you it's in the chart. You've actually got to be watching it um, and seeing if those episodes are appearing. So, so there you go. So let me tell you uh, some stats about the podcast. So uh, I'm recording about a week before this episode goes out and we are nearing 17,000 downloads, uh, which I'm pretty proud of, pretty proud of. I mean, there's there's much bigger podcasts with much bigger downloads. Um, some would probably get that many per episode, but um, that's still a pretty cool achievement. On average, each episode uh, has nearly 160 downloads in the first 90 days that it's released. And my listeners, um, which is really interesting, 38% are from Oceania um, and most of that is Australia. So uh, my biggest listener group is Australia. And then 26% are from Asia, 21% from North America, which is mainly the US, and 13% are from Europe. And the top uh, cities that people listen from are Sydney and Singapore, which makes perfect sense to me. They're both my two home cities. And, yeah, so that's where most, most of my connections and listeners are from. Uh, I think some people, you know, would have goals for their podcast and may- maybe I should have goals, but I spoke earlier. I I really didn't have any goals 
aside from making sure I put a an episode out every week on a Friday morning. And for the most part, I have achieved that, uh, except for when I've moved country. And I always have these grand ideas that I'm going to be able to record episodes while, uh, you know, my life is packed into a container and is on a ship on the ocean. Um, and of course that doesn't happen. <laughs> so aside from big life events like moving countries, uh, I do pretty much deliver uh, an episode every week, which I'm pretty proud of. Um, and I don't, I don't have episodes usually over the Christmas break, but throughout the year, I release an episode every Friday morning. So how do I find guests? And this was something when I first started, I thought was going to be really, really hard. <laughs> um, but once you build some momentum, it turns out not to be so hard. So um, at the start, I was so grateful that friends agreed to come on the podcast and there were two I wanted to give a shout out to. Uh, so that's Tony Catton and Amber Williams. I worked with both these amazing women at Coca-Cola Amatul and they both fairly early on agreed to come on and talk about some stuff that was pretty personal, um, also very upsetting. So Tony Catton came on episode eight and talked about her daughter, Alana. So Alana had mitochondrial disease and she passed away at the age of seven. And that was a really, really tough episode to record. Um, and it was tough to have it out in the world. Uh, but Tony shared her journey with her daughter and mitochondrial disease to raise awareness um, and to, you know, try and drive funding for more research into such an awful disease. Amber Williams came on episode 25 and she talked about her daughter, Addison. And Addison and my son, Aiden, are very similar ages. We were both pregnant together um, at a very similar time. Addison uh, seemed to be a pretty normal baby and toddler until she was diagnosed with uh, profound development and intellectual disabilities. And so Amber very candidly shared what that's like and uh, what the future is for Addison, but also how, um, you know, the world needs to, to support Addison and, you know, make it inclusive for her. Uh, so very grateful for those two people, but... Um, very grateful for many of the people who came on in the early days and trusted me with their stories. So let's talk about, you know, how do I find guests? So apart from friends that I've tapped on the shoulder and said, would you please come on and talk about this thing in your life? Um, so that is still a way I find guests. I often meet people who've got incredible, interesting stories and they may not know me very well, but they often will still come on the podcast. So the first way is really through personal connections. Another way I find guests is I have a lovely guest manager and she will often research and find me people who have, you know, great stories. I don't know them, but, um, but they look like they have a great, interesting background. So that's another way we we approach people. We research and approach people. Uh, I do get lots of recommendations and referrals. People will say to me, oh, I've got a great 
got a great person for your episode and they'll connect me. Uh, so that's another way. And probably the last way I find guests, and it was something that really surprised me. I didn't realize there was such a big industry around podcasts, but often I get approached by agencies who specialize in uh, getting people on podcasts and often people who might have written a book or they it's part of their marketing strategy for their business um, and they will appear on other people's podcasts and they pay people to find podcasts for them to be on. So I get approached often a couple of times a week, usually from podcast agencies in the US with suggestions for guests. Um, that doesn't cost me anything, um, but, you know, there's also the understanding that they're trying to promote something or sell something. So uh, sometimes I'll take those guests on the podcast and sometimes I won't. Um, but, yeah, that's how I find guests. It's not so hard anymore. I, You know, it's not something that I struggle with on the podcast. So what about the process? So I think I've got this down to a pretty good art now, if we can call it art. You know, running a podcast is very time-consuming and so you have to have a, a good process happening and you need to be ahead of yourself. So generally, once we've identified a guest, if there's someone that I would like to come on, we set up a pre-chat. So we do it on Zoom. It's 30 minutes. And the purpose of the pre-chat is for me to firstly make sure they can speak well on a podcast. <laughs> it's pretty important. It's an audio format, um, but they, they need to be able to speak well. What are we going to talk about on the episode? And what are the things that we will not talk about? So some guests have things they don't want to talk about. Um, and so we agree all of those up front. So in the 99 episodes that I've put out into the world, I've only had one person who didn't make it through the pre-chat. Uh, he had written a book about employee resource groups, which is a topic I'm interested in. Their um, employee resource groups are a big challenge for people working in DNI, and so anyone who can add um, help to that topic is always welcome on my podcast. Um, but this person couldn't couldn't put didn't understand the book, couldn't talk about the book, um, and so he's the only person I have rejected to date. I also, you know, every now and again I will mess up, and I did have a guest who. During the pre-chat, I had thought to ask him a question about his family and I didn't ask the question in the pre-chat. And then when we got to the recording and I thought I would ask the question, the guest was very offended, uh, didn't want to talk about it. And so we had to do some editing of that one. Uh, but most of the time it, it goes okay. So once we've got through a pre-chat and we've agreed, yes, we both would like to proceed with the recording. We have a process where they book in the recording date and time and it's for an hour. And as part of that process, they sign a media release form, which gives me permission to use their content uh, out in the world and on social media. And we ask them for a photo and a bio. And we use that in our social media and in the show notes of the episode. Uh, then we record <laughs> Uh, that's usually takes about an hour. I use Zoom 
and I record on Zoom. I actually wouldn't know how to do it in a proper podcast studio, but perhaps I should uh, work that out one day. So we record it and then there's a, a bit of a process we go through to create transcripts, uh, to create show notes, to send the episode to my editor. Um, she adds the voiceover, she adds the music and does any editing that we need to do and then sends me back the final audio file and it goes up into our uh, platform uh, and then we create social media around the episode. So we always have a teaser post, usually on a Wednesday, saying, guess who's coming on the podcast. Friday, we have a post when the episode is released on Friday mornings. And then there's usually a couple more social media posts in the week following. I usually try to be about a month ahead or even two months ahead. Uh, I'm not I'm not that far ahead at the moment, so I'm feeling a bit... Uh, a bit uncomfortable because I don't want to miss that episode going out every Friday morning. Um, so I'm only a couple of episodes ahead at the moment. Um, yeah, but that, that's, that's pretty much the process. The episodes that have really stuck in my head, um, the ones that maybe I had really fun, I had a lot of fun recording them or it was someone I'd been trying to get on the podcast for ages or someone who just had really interesting topics. So the ones that stick out for me is, um, so in episode nine, so fairly early on in the piece, I spoke to Scott Stewart. So he is a graphic designer and an author of children's books. Um, and the episode was titled How to Be a Real Man. Uh, and he talks about... Uh, pushing gender stereotypes. His son loves to wear all sorts of different clothes and clothes that are not traditionally, stereotypically made for boys. And he has a really great story about how he's um, supporting his son to wear whatever he wants and to support other little boys to wear whatever they want and to not be constrained by stereotypes. Um, and he was just a super fun person to have on the podcast. So that one's episode nine. One I recorded more recently, it's episode 98 with Callum McCurdy. And he came and spoke about ADHD um, and dyslexia and dyspraxia and also just, gosh, a fun, energetic person to have. And we we could have spoken for hours. <laughs> I didn't, but we could have. Um Another more recent episode I'm so proud of is with Michelle Rogers and it's episode 96. I have been following her on Instagram for years, years, and she is so creative and incredible around fashion and photography. Um, she's a wheelchair user. She has uh, chronic pain and you know, it was challenging to organize the episode because things like speaking on a podcast zap her energy. Um, and so I was really grateful to finally be able to talk to her um, and the work she's doing, trying to make fashion more inclusive. Uh, so that one's a great episode. And another one 
I loved doing was with Cindy Gallup. Uh, she is just an incredible woman out there really pushing the boundaries. And I asked if she would come and speak about her platform called Make Love Not Porn. And I love what she's doing in trying to create a realistic view of what sex and making love actually looks like. So she's created a platform which is, I guess, run. It's run by users and, you know, people, regular people, uh, not stars of the porn industry, but just regular people film themselves having sex, uploading it to this platform, and then you can pay a, a subscription to watch these videos. And I just think it, it creates an image of sex that's more inclusive. We see different ages, different body types, different types of relationships with different genders, um, people with disabilities. It's just, it's just real. And I think for kids growing up, like I want my kids to see real sex. I want them to know that it's loving and kind um, and it's not, usually what's portrayed in in porn, which is becoming more and more violent um, and more and more degrading. Uh, so, so glad to have her on the podcast. Um, there were some funny conversations over dinner when I was trying to work out what are some good questions to ask her. Um, so that was another one. That was episode 48. Now, I thought I would just finish on... Do I make money out of the podcast? Um, and the answer is no. <laughs> I would love to make some money out of the podcast. I would love to have a sponsor for the podcast um, because it it costs money to run it. Uh, my cost per episode is $150, which includes guest management, um, editing, and also the cost of the the hosting platform. Um, that doesn't include my time or the time of my people, my staff doing the social media around the podcast. So they're quite expensive to produce. Uh, so if anyone is looking for something to sponsor, uh, you know, we can talk more about my following, how many downloads, uh, all of those kinds of things. So that's it. That's the podcast. A hundred episodes. Pretty cool. Um, I hope that was helpful. And if you have any questions about the podcast, um, you know, that I haven't answered today, I'd love to hear from you and I'll put all my contact details in the show note or you can find me at thecultureministry.com or on LinkedIn. I would love to connect. At The Culture Ministry, we know how challenging and lonely it can be working in diversity and inclusion and how progress is often slow. You might be just getting started in diversity and inclusion or you might be on your way. The Culture Ministry is here to help you with your diversity and inclusion progress. Go to www.thecultureministry.com to learn more. If you enjoyed this episode and maybe learned something, please share with your friends on social media. Give a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. 
and leave a comment. This makes it easier for others to find a dog called diversity.